Hello and welcome to The Guest Cast, the podcast where we explore guest stories from real people and look at how even the briefest interaction with hospitality while travelling can have a profound effect on a guest's whole life. This podcast is brought to you by Touchday Digital Guidebooks. As guest happiness fanatics, we want to dig into real-life guest experiences and learn about what really makes guests happy and what doesn't, hopefully picking up some great tips for vacation rental professionals along the way. So join us each fortnight as your hosts Andy and Tyan chat to guests from around the globe about their travel experiences. Introducing said hosts. Hi, my name's Andy. I'm the CEO here at Touchday. We started Touchday to improve guest experiences. So having a podcast in which we get to hear from real guests is something I'm personally very excited about. Hi friends, I'm Tyan Marsink Hammond and I am a vacation rental industry leader, educator, longtime host, owner, property manager, and investor, as well as the community ambassador for Touchday Digital Guidebooks. So pack your bags and get ready for this week's guest. Welcome to our next episode of the guest cast. We have Will Slickers with us. Now, I first met Will online, uh, Facebook. You meet everyone on Facebook, right? And then he had me on his podcast. Uh, and he's got, he got more than one podcast. Will, I'll let you tell us the name of those in a moment. But my connection with Will is that he visited Missouri, but he didn't like Missouri. So we had to have a whole conversation about the magic of Missouri and my hometown area. Um, so you can go listen that, to that on his podcast. And what was, was that the Slick Talk Hospitality Podcast, Will? Yeah, so Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. And it wasn't that I didn't like Missouri. I didn't like the reason why I was in Missouri while I was there for basic training. It sucked. The weather changed every five seconds and I was miserable and alone and scared and yeah, so it wasn't Missouri itself. It was just that. I don't know. I remember you telling me that there's you were shocked there were people would actually come to Missouri and visit. <laughs> so of course I had to prove you wrong. Yeah, my my, my own quotes used against me. <laughs> but doesn't everyone in America think that time? Yes, <laughs> they do. They do. And then I have to tell them all the fabulous, wonderful things about Missouri. And then they say, Why have we not visited yet? And I'm like, I agree. I agree. That's why you're a destination marketer with all of your houses and properties there. You really bring in the destination that most people never get to see. So you're doing a great work. Well, thank you. All right. So on to your story. So you told us a little bit about what you're going to talk about. Um, but Will, I think we need to know a little bit more about your background um, and your perspective before you tell us your story. Because I think that's a really important point um, for our listeners to know before they before you tell the story. For sure. Um, so I guess my background, I was never really in originally a vacation rental manager. I was a hotel front desk agent. That's how I started. Um, I was with Marriott. My, that was my beginning. I got my four diamond resort experience right out the gates. And I was always trained, you know, the my pleasure and how to go above and beyond. How do you create that guest experience? How do you anticipate the guest need? Um, from there became management and one of the GMs on the nice property on the Oregon coast and all this other stuff. And then eventually jumped to the quote unquote dark side, uh, as a lot of people like to say, but I don't think that um, it's the dark side. It's they're both great. Um, so long story short, I just am very critical of hotels and, and guest experience when it comes to whether it's a vacation rental and how they're messaging us uh, via platform or email or just a front desk or a hotel. The moment I pull up, I'm kind of already analyzing 
which isn't good, but it's also good at the same time because it helps me like apply it to our management company. But I look at that as business research. Yes, exactly. Business research. And not that I'm judging, but I'm usually having an expectation of what's going to happen when I walk in the door. How are the guests or not the guests? How are the, how are the staff going to treat me and other guests who are walking in in the lobby at the front desk in the elevator through the hallway at the bar, the restaurant, whatever. And, um, recently through COVID I've been able, like, I've been very lucky to travel over the last year. Um, obviously in the beginning it was not happening. I think the first, uh, March of 2020, I was on active National Guard orders for about seven months. So no traveling other than where I was at doing all the COVID testing. Uh, but after that, I was able to start traveling around the U.S. a lot more and and get to experience what it was like to stay at a property during COVID. And I really was just unimpressed. And I, it's nothing against the staff there. It's really just, I think there's so many, this has been a hard year for a lot of hospitality people, whether your hotel, front desk, uh, your housekeeping, your vacation rental, doesn't matter. It's been a very hard year. Um, but there's just, I've, I feel like I've lost that warmth. I, you know, I take loyalty reward points uh, seriously. So Alaska Airlines and Marriott and all them, like, you know, earning a good status and having those points and, and you know, getting those perks is a, is a good part of travel. And I just, I don't know, I just I feel like it's dropped the the gold status doesn't mean anything. The platinum status doesn't mean anything. You walk in the door, you don't get to have a nice, friendly conversation. It's just very, here's your key. Don't yell at me. Please don't be mad that we have less amenities. Don't be mad about this. Like they're just kind of trying to get you out the door. And then there's been some experiences throughout that time that like the rooms weren't cleaned properly. And so like, there's just no, I don't know, sense of urgency and no welcome. What, what specifically do you think was missing a smile? a the just the simple words welcome to this hotel um what types of things specifically um i would say like front desk agents in particular i think it's they they get so caught in the script that they're supposed to meet with whatever brand they're with whether it's marriott or hilton or ritz or whatever they're usually having a a pretty standardized check-in you know welcome mr and mrs smith how are you doing today can i get your photo id and debit or credit card then they go through the reservation process um and it just feels like that that whole script part has become so ingrained that they're forgetting that they can actually be like, hey, how was your how was your travel? How you know, I see you have um, this sweatshirt. I love that band or whatever. Like they they're they're afraid to make small talk now. I feel like that's just how I've experienced it. There's no there's no uniqueness to the check in anymore. There's no you know, I don't know how to. I don't really know how to like put a word on it, and it's really frustrating sometimes. Cause I'm like, dang it, I know what I'm trying to say, but anyways, the there's just, I feel like it's gotten just kind of bland. Does that make sense? I I know what you're trying to say because I was I was thinking there, Will, about I was, I was always trying to relate it. You were talking about the hotel experience. I was trying to relate it to the world of short-term rentals. Yeah, and and to be honest, even you know maybe small boutique hotels, glamping sites, you know the, the smaller operations, and I think. The, the way I interpret what you're saying is that in the bigger name hotels and those with the loyalty programs, et cetera, you're, you're more of a number and you're more of a transaction. Mm. Um, and that's where I think the short-term rental and the smaller boutique accommodation have the advantage because every single person that comes through the door is unique and is individual because 
they're not welcoming thousands of guests every year. So it's almost like they they have a bit more of an ability to make everyone stay a bit more unique. But I think that's probably, I'm guessing, that's why loyalty programs came in in hotels, because they wanted to differentiate those who were the gold or the platinum, et cetera. But so you're saying like that differentiation at the top level is, is gone as well. It's not just, you know, your yeah. everyday traveler. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it is. And it's like, I don't know, I, I look back when I was a young, like, granted, I I think I was maybe a little bit more obsessed with hospitality and everything more likely than than other operators in the space when I was, you know, 19, 20 and wear my suit and tie coming into work two hours early. Cause I was so excited and all mm. this other stuff. Um, but I just, I don't, I haven't seen that since. And it's, uh, it's, it's been, I don't know if it's just COVID in general, or maybe I'm getting a little, a little bit more pickier with my, my experiences, but I, I just feel like I haven't seen that in a long time. I haven't seen someone excited and really passionate about talking about the destination and, you know, the, what the bar hours are and their favorite cocktail that they love to have over there. And, you know, all those, like those just little conversational pieces that you get to have as a, uh, a guest and as a worker, um, those were the things I lived for. I, I loved those little conversations. So I just feel like I haven't even seen that at all either. Yeah. My, my, my guess is um, you're right. My guess is it's been, you, you referenced it earlier on. You said how hard it's been for everyone during COVID. And I just wonder if, if the people that were used to, having the bright smile and being a bit easy breezy because they didn't have so many other things to worry about on the front desk have yeah. turned into this, you know, like mechanical operational first thing. Um, but I think it's a really interesting reflection that, that, um, or an opportunity now that we're coming out of it again to, to, to go back and like rediscover what it is to be a real front desk yeah. instead of like a, you know, like a health and safety front desk for whatever a better of a phrase. Yeah. Or like a, yeah. Security front desk or a security yeah 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 exactly yeah i think that the cheeriness of that person greeting you it's just it sets the tone for your whole stay and and honestly so we just ended a seven-day road trip and every night we stayed at a different type of accommodation and we did the whole gamut of all types of um, lodging and the very last night was a hotel it was a hampton and i was using my loyalty points uh, and we looked at reviews, trying to figure out which town we wanted to stay in, how far we'd get on the way home. And the reason we picked that particular hotel is that the recent reviews mentioned that the staff was very friendly and welcoming on arrival. That, But on the flip side, it was one of the first Hamptons built because they could tell from the architecture of the building. So it was an old, older one. It hadn't really been updated. However, the reviews said it was clean and welcoming. So that's the one we chose. Uh, and when we arrived, it didn't disappoint. The folks at the front desk, you know, welcomed us with a cheery smile. And then um, the next morning, exact same thing as we departed. And then to, to the point of a local area putting their touch into a standard hotel, I picked up this business card on the, in the foyer on a table. And it said something like, do you need something called Jeff? And it had his number and it said, you know, anything you need rather to run and get you alcohol or send flowers to your wife because you messed up anything that's legal. I'll do it for you. Just let me know. <laughs> and then, you know, it said drive safe, have fun. Call me. So you're safe. I love that. That's a good touch. We need more Jeff's. We need exactly. more. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, ah, you know, and I was thinking my son's 18. So maybe when he's 21, he can do something like that on the side too. Uh, 
but the welcoming part uh, and your first contacts with someone is so important. And um, I and I saw that too as I stayed at a vacation rental, then a bed and breakfast, and then with friends at their home, and then lastly at the hotel. Yeah, I wonder if it was the I. I don't know. Cause we, we all talk about reviews, right? Like as vacation rental managers, we're all about five-star reviews, the super hosts, the premium host on Verbo, all this stuff. I wonder like I, as a consumer, cause like I, I analyze from uh, a producer, whether it's producing of content or produ- producing of an experience, or if it's a cons- consumption, if I'm consuming, am I going to be the traveler or am I going to be the operator? Um, and I, as a traveler, I personally actually don't look at reviews and I don't know if it's just like my particular style of how I like to book. I just like to find a good location. These on, on a loyalty app, whether it's through Marriott Bonvoy or, or finding a, a company that I know that's got a short-term rental building in a certain city or something like that. Um, but I actually don't look at reviews. So I wonder if maybe that will make a difference through the next round of travel. Uh, if I look at the reviews before I book, um, maybe that will play into my, my bad experience story. When when you were talking about I don't look at reviews, I, I was sort of, I, I was like, what? Like, I always look at reviews. But then you clarified it. You said, because I book Marriott Bonvoy or I book um, somebody I know. Mm-hmm. So that talks to trust, doesn't it? So, so you, you're basically saying you're not really using Airbnb to search for places. So you don't really have a big need to look at a review. You're going with a trusted name. So you know what you're going to expect, um, which I think is really interesting, especially coming from a, a hotel background you've you've zoomed in on like the, the 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 quality stamp that a brand has be it the marriott or be it your friend's recommendations so do, do you think that um it, is that so do, do you just not look at, at airbnb and search and verbo and that because you know there's so much junk out there yeah yeah like i i personally feel like this last year there's been a lot of like professionalization in the short-term rental space with the hosts on Airbnb and Verbo, but I don't feel like there's been enough where I feel like I can trust that when I'm booking on that platform, that I'm going to get the experience that I want, which is standardized amenities, you know, standardized sheets and linen and Terry and all this other stuff in a home. Like I'm very particular with that. I don't like the mismatch. I don't like the poorly thought out design or lack of furniture or too much furniture and too much art wall and all this other stuff uh, that some hosts can go into um, so I really just like to keep it where I'm comfortable. I know that if I stay at a courtyard, it's going to be pretty standardized. Or if I stay at a West End or if I stay at whatever, whatever property, um, I've been traveling, uh, using like Oasis and a few of the other bigger names, uh, journey sextant kind of playing out with what these bigger operators are doing. And, uh, I'm comfortable with that level of standardization versus some of the other, um, newer hosts or just hosts that are getting, you know, experimental with their property or properties where they have like two or three and they're not really at that level of like, Hey, this is our standard linen and Terry. This is our standard amenities. This is our standard cleaning process. Um, yeah. So I definitely am. And Tyana, we talked about this uh, on your episode was the importance of branding. What does a brand mean to the guest experience? What does it mean to you as an operator? And I think um, when there's no identity in the brand. Uh, there's obviously lacking of those specific things, linentary, all this other stuff. Design um, is a big piece. Efficiency on the flow of the property. Um, so I, I particularly uh, am kind of a stickler and go with a brand because I I know I'll be comfortable in that in that area. 
So then your 2022 challenge, Will, is going to be stepping outside that box and exploring what there is out there from a single owner, because we all start somewhere. You're right. We do. We do. It's just, uh, I, I am, uh, <laughs> I like to make sure that I'm going to get a guaranteed experience rather than a, we'll see. <laughs> um, so you're right, but no, there, there are some good owners out there that I've seen that focus on the unique stay. So like, um, before they got bigger and got like four or five homes or wherever they're at now with their uniqueness, but, um, Loma homes out in Florida, they had the star Wars home. It was their first one custom theme like that one, obviously. Yes. Like they put in the money for the customization of the theme. Of course, it's going to be clean. Like you'd expect, you can just expect that all the other things will be there. Um, so I do like look for those, but they're pretty rare in the sense of finding a good one that you can actually book. And it's not already booked out for the whole year. So. Yeah, it, it it um it's it's really interesting how you like you mentioned Oasis and Journey and you know the some some of those brands. So um coming from a hotel background, it very much seems like if there's a brand that a vacation rental business can create with enough consistency, you're right there. Like you will stay there. And and um I, I'm guessing because yeah, you've got that badge of quality, but still you get something unique as well. It's still very different from a hotel room. But to Tyan's point, the, those individual rent by owners, you know, the the five million plus out there that exist, they have a hard time. Um, but but I, I wonder if I, I I'm 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 sort of I, like I'm am I worried about them? No, I'm not really worried about them because the amount of guests that there are just way outstrip the the supply, so they yeah. get booked. But it is interesting how that there's. And, and maybe it's because you because like you have come from this hotel background and you have seen more vacation rental brand companies cropping up. Um, I'm wondering like how many other people sort of start to think that way as well, or have had enough of the kind of shoddy or mediocre experiences that I'm not saying, you know, our listeners or anyone like that would, would, would be like that, but there are enough shoddy experiences out there to just put you off. And you're like, no, uh, you know, I, I need to go. Like quirky's great, <laughs> but it needs to also be, you know, somewhere I actually want to stay. <laughs> Sure. And I want to see like more companies, like I think tie in like what you're doing and like what we're trying to push with our brands is like, we want to create that standardization through single family home, not just multi-family unit buildings. And, um, we, you know, like last night, so I was having dinner, got a phone call, unknown number. I was like, who the heck is this? Of course I answered because we have homes. So you never know if it's going to be a guest. Well, it turned out it was a guest and she was calling to ask about the listing. She was going, Hey, um, you know, I'm so-and-so we're coming out next week. And I just want to ask a couple questions. I saw your pre-arrival form and asked about us having a party and like, I'm going to have friends and family over cause it's a holiday. Is that okay? And it's like, yep. And then she's like, how is, uh, she actually asked me an interesting question that caught me off guard. And it was, is the home as it is in the pictures, like just straight up. She's like, is that how it is? And I was like, oh yeah, no, like that it's a professional photo shoot, but we didn't do anything to edit it. In the sense of like, you know, hide the 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 hole in the wall and all this other stuff. Like we didn't do anything like that. Like that's the normal home. Um, and she goes, okay, you never know with what a lot of people do these days. And I haven't had the best experience. And I was like, oh, interesting. Well, I was gonna say we do have security cameras on the outside. One car can fit in the the parking lot. Um, and any overflow parking would have to be street parking. It's complimentary. Blah blah blah. Went over the whole thing, and she goes, okay, well, sweet. That's that answers all my questions. But that one question is is it as it is in the listing with the photos that caught me off guard. And I think that maybe like that was just one guess out of a lot of guests that we host. 
but is that what's really going through everybody's mind? I know it goes through my mind in some ways or form. Maybe I'm not saying the exact same words in my head, but I am kind of questioning like, okay, is this going to be what I'm expecting it or is it not? Oh, I totally agree. And I love the reviews I get when they say the home looks exactly like the photos. And after the experience we had this week with the road trip, um, we stayed at a brand new rehabbed boutique hotel in a historic building on the second level. And I was pretty excited. It was right above a Mexican restaurant. I'm like, yes, we'll arrive. We'll drop our bags. We'll have Mexican food, my favorite. This is great. So we get there and the Mexican place is closed. And according to Google, it was open. So apparently they had closed. It was switching ownership. Okay, I get it. No big deal. So we'll go next door. But when we got into the room and I looked around, I realized the photos on the listing online did not show all the walls. And when I didn't see all the walls, I assumed there were windows. There were no windows in the room. I, and I, you know, I sent a location pin to a friend and said, if I go missing and all there is is bones of my, and a fire in this place, it's because I didn't get out. However, there was sprinkler system. So that, that made me feel better, but I let the, the host know in the morning, you know, there was only one egress out of this room and yeah. I was not happy. There was very few lamps, not a lot of light. And so it's one of those things where, yeah, you created a very unique space and a great location. You're ticking the boxes, but there's very important things that he completely missed. And um, that was that was concerning. And, and it does make for a not so great experience. And then it makes you question here on out because you realize not everybody's following all the regulations and yeah. codes that they well, should. I'm glad be. you mentioned safety because like, I don't know, if you think about a hotel, the where, where, where I started, there were all these policies, all this code was met and made for me. I had to just walk in, clock in, do my work and leave. Um, as a short-term rental operator, as you know, there's a lot of safety and regulation, like not issues, but concerns, you know, whether you have a pool, um, is the driveway cracked and creating a, a slightly, uh, higher position that grandma or grandpa might trip, um, is, you know, this fence, uh, safe for pets, to, to be secure and for kids and whatever else may, may be, is there egress, uh, uh, opportunities for every room? Is it safe? In the sense of fire extinguishers, uh, Justin Ford from Breezeway would obviously be going off a longer list than I am, but there's a lot of stuff to pay attention to as an operator. Not only are you trying to optimize your listing and your dynamic pricing strategy and the way your photos are structured on the listing and um, your, your communication flow with all your triggers and your guest guidebook and all this other stuff, but then there's that whole back end of, okay, is it safe? Um, we have a cabin up in this up in the, the the mountains where we get a lot of snow, and so I have to make sure every day that a guest checks out, our handyman Eddie is going to shovel the deck, the stairs, put salt, plow the driveway, make sure that it's safe, make sure that everything's labeled and that like nothing is hidden, so that way no one's tripping, no one's slipping, and that's a big concern. And a lot of operators don't think about this stuff that goes in between guest days, pre-stay, you know all this other stuff. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of work. And I think that's one thing people don't talk about in the industry. There's always like, I'm going to teach you how to make a million dollars on Airbnb or whatever their, their marketing scheme is. And then, you know, you get to operating and then you're like, shoot, 
nobody told me that I had to, you know, go get a short-term rental license from Seattle or I had to go do this and I had to go do that. And it's just like, there's a, there's a lot in the back end. And I think it's kind of deceiving sometimes for new operators because they, they're, they're hearing about the, the income that they're going to make to offset their, their living expenses or their mortgage or whatever. And then it's like, Oh, but at the end of the day, you're probably going to lose some sleep because if you're not, uh, you know, creating a safe environment, then Anyways, that's a whole lot. No, but it, but it, but it's interesting. It, it, it's it's exactly why the standards are so variable in the industry because we have, um, without being unkind, because nobody's taken. Well, there will be lots that have, but not your average Airbnb host or manager has taken a hospitality training and have that background, which would instill in yeah. you also the the non sexier stuff like making sure there's no trip hazards, etc. And and. I, I don't know. I keep coming back to this idea that that, well, not this idea, but just this very fact that the the the, the slightly kind of DIY slash amateur part of this industry is also what is one of the great appeals of the industry. Yet you can't kind of tread that line on safety. Safety is like it's there or, or it isn't, and if it isn't, you you know you're you're in a lot of trouble if something goes wrong. So it's almost like that that base level. Um, and we, we we forget this as well. We're like talking about a guest podcast and we're talking about the wonderful guest experiences and off to different places and meeting people. And um, But the the basic stuff of am I going to be safe um, is is uh, it's, it's a really, really well-made point. Um, but again, talks to to this this very DIY nature of the industry, which is also its appeal. So it's really tough, it's a tough, tough one to, to walk the line on. Because I, I think like the safety part you know, there's not a big ROI right at the beginning and it takes a lot of time. Like if you want to do it right, you know, I think of um, one, one operator in particular in Long Beach, Washington, he buys and builds his own properties. He doesn't manage. He literally started with one. And I think now he's at like eight and all in the same area, but he focuses so heavily on the guest experience, not on the, like the aesthetic of how the, the wooden beams complement the you know, whatever else that he's, you know, obsessing over uh, the amount of games that are there for the kids and the amount of Xbox and PlayStations and different variety of all this other stuff. He, he focuses on creating a destination in the home itself, whether he's in a beach destination too, they get a lot of travelers. I used to work out there. I know the traffic for 4th of July and new years and all this other stuff. And um, he really focused on that. But then I was having a conversation with him and he goes and like he not only obsesses about that stuff, but every single step that the guest has from leaving their home to getting to the property, to being on the property, to getting checked in, to all this stuff from, from a safety standpoint, from a design standpoint, like like the, the amount of detail that this guy had in this one conversation was just like mind blowing. And I was like, he's really doing it right. But he, his projects aren't, you know, they're not quick flips, right? They're, there's a lot of time and money. They, they take a year plus, two years to get that full customized experience. And I think, you know, he, he may not be seeing the fastest returns like a lot of other, other operators that are just grabbing a home, doing some quick changes, adding some branding, changing out the locks, adding noise aware, doing whatever, creating the whole thing, and then turning it on 45 days later. They're, you know, they're seeing a faster return, but he's really taking that time for that when it goes live. It's, it's not perfect, obviously it's not gonna, but 99.9% .9 of it is gonna be amazing. Um, so I don't know. I just think hmm, maybe if we put more time and and uh, thought throughout the whole process and didn't rush it, would we have that you know sketchy, sometimes sketchy DIY type of uh, type of uh, environment? Yeah, it's definitely walking 
the guests walking in the guests shoes um and if you're not skilled in that area because not everybody is you know and some people just find it so tedious to to deal with all the safety stuff and they're much better at the the flashy stuff on on the the, the guest facing side but then maybe you just need somebody to walk that guest journey with you so like you both pull up to the front door as a test and you're looking for all of the you know the great stuff but then the person next to you is going wait that that step up there is not going to be great for the wheelchair access and you know um and i i I think it's this is not what this is not what we started the podcast talking about was it but i think it's a really fundamental part of it i think it's really really excellent thing to think about how um an attention to safety detail is an essential it's the 101 it's the foundation of a great guest experience um well, if you, if you walk into a place and it's not safe, you don't feel welcomed. I mean, it very much ties together. Yeah. The welcome, I don't know. And I'm always kind of trying to challenge myself at this because right now for our management company, I, I'm the COO. So I'm all about operating and making sure that that five-star is met. Um, and so I'm always trying to challenge myself. How can we, how can we you know, change the verbiage in our automated messaging uh, to sound a little bit more personalized? How can we... Um, you know, when it comes to the guests arrival day, do I, do I need to give them a phone call? Do I need to do extra things just to make sure that my, you know, make sure like, cause we're not there physically. I'm in Colorado. A lot of our properties are in Washington and we have one in Florida and it's like, I'm not going to be checking anybody in. Um, but you know, until we get to that point of scale where we're able to have like a guest service representative in the company, um, how can we make sure that is pretty well optimized and personalized and gives you that welcoming feeling as close as possible that I felt when I was, you know, a young front desk agent and was so excited and eager for, for a great stay, whether it was a business trip or a leisure trip, like that's what I'm trying to, you know, focus on. And I think Tyann, you, you talk about this a couple of times um, on the podcast and, and throughout other episodes I've listened to on here, but it's really just like, I don't know how to, to put it. It's just, there's gotta be better ways for us to, to create that, welcome in a virtual way without the guest feeling like it's overbearing or without it feeling it's too little um, in the sense of like, I haven't heard from my host ever since I booked, what the heck's going on? Is this a place even real? Um, Yeah. So there's a lot of little things that I think we can challenge ourselves on more in the industry. Definitely. And actually great timing. Um, Touch Day is going to be sending out a guest communication health checklist that everybody can check to make sure they're having healthy communications with their guests. And that ranges from the point of booking to the point of leaving and then beyond because you got to stay in, in touch with those guests the entire time. So Will, I have one more question. Okay. Okay. So to you, what is the absolute ideal welcome when you walk into a property? Okay. Can I ask, can I answer your question with a question? Yes. Am I there for business or for leisure? What can we say? Bleasure. Bleasure. Okay. Yeah, we can say bleacher. So I ideally would like to be welcomed with my name being used. So Mr. Slickers or Will, whatever you guys want to call. Um, and then a customized cocktail. That would be the perfect check-in experience. Um, for a hotel, for vacation rental, I think a localized gift basket of whether it's a bakery or a coffee shop or a brewery something unique to the area. I would love to have that with a handwritten note. That would be my ideal welcome. Cause that would make me just reach out to the host or the, the property management company or 
whatever and just say hey like that was awesome thank you so much we're excited for this like really just you know uh what do you call it when you ensure that 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 gesture was was well received or even the individual components to make that cocktail that the hotel yes. would be able to you know yes that, that, that would be also good wouldn't it agreed that would be ideal whether it's for business or, or for pleasure um a nice cocktail upon entry would be Fabulous. Excellent. I like the ideas and um, I'm thinking in my head, okay, checklist. I did this. I did this. I didn't do that. So thank you so much. And thank you for joining us on the episode. Where can our folks find you, Will? Yeah. So we have a couple places, but uh, ideally slicktalkthepodcast.com or hospitality.fm. Those are the best places or LinkedIn. I'm very uh, much a user of LinkedIn. So Will with one L, Slickers on LinkedIn. And then to get my welcome cocktail, what property should I stay in? Um, Any of them, because I'll make sure that they're all there ready and prepped for you. So yeah, but what's your management name? Okay. Yeah. So we have recreation vacation rentals. So you can go to recreationstays.com. We just launched our book direct website. So I'm very excited for uh, us to continue to grow in that area of our business. But yeah. That would be the place to find me. Excellent. Thank you so much. Of course. Thanks, Will. Maybe you have a travel or hospitality story you'd like to share on the guest cast. If you do, head to touchday.com forward slash podcast and send us a brief outline of your story. And as always, remember to subscribe to the guest cast on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a five-star review and say hello on our social media at Touchday Welcome. This podcast was brought to you by Touchday Digital Guidebooks. Learn more about how Touchday can help make your guests happier at touchday.com.